Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. <laughs> The Chumba Life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Blog Talk Radio. Colette 
the time of year where you can do that, you know, you get off a little bit, but not too much where you just totally collapse. So, you know, it, 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 it's cool. Well, I got a text. I got a text message from the elliptical, so I'm gonna have to go over there and see what they're talking about. <laughs> they sent me an Instagram. <laughs> wow, that's funny. Yeah, that's I, bad. <laughs> um, I, I'm really excited for the guest that we have on today which is uh, going to be very fabulous and spectacular. I actually got a chance to see the project uh, last night, so I, I'll talk oh, about that. Oh, did you that. see the documentary? Yeah, yeah, I did. Awesome. So, um, I'll, you know, I'll uh, mention more about that when we have our guest on, but it, it yes. was a very, very good piece. Yeah. And the filmmakers were there afterwards. They did a little Q&A, and the entire group was there as well except for one of them who's who's in Maryland. But um so it was a very very festive uh event. They say that this is something that everybody needs to see. Yeah. Without question. Without question because it, it it affects everybody. It definitely affects everybody and it it is a must see. Like you have to check this out. You have to see this. Like for real. Well, I'm so honored that we will be having this discussion today on the show. You know, we talk about a lot on the show, not just music, but everything, all platforms. And, you know, C, C and I are kind of the same school of thought, <clears throat> which brings us, you know, when we have these conversations, we're pretty much on the same team. Um, that's why it's great that, you know, to have a partner that has a like mind because we really can delve into these subjects matters and, you know, get you guys the best information. It's just all about knowledge. Yep, absolutely. And That's where it all starts. We can never have too many platforms for that. So <clears throat> we definitely thank you guys for joining us today. And yeah. we're going to have a fantastic show. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Without question. So um, let's get to another tune as we uh, get ready and, and for our guests who's going to join us and talk to us about the the film and, and a lot of different things that are going on surrounding that uh, that they got going down. So um, let's do uh, some Iwande right now, War, and you guys can call us, uh, 646-478-5123. Tweet us, Indie Review, R-E-V-U-E. Email us, Indie Review CD, at gmail.com, and we'll be back with some more.
and when I ain't going on, clean my act up. No longer popping with the corn. Keep us hanging over in the
indeed. That's chocolate right there. Sun's out on Indie Review. And I hope the sun's out wherever you are and whatever it is uh, that you got going on in your world today, in your location and so forth. And uh got to give a, a, a special, um, you know, reach out to everybody that's still dealing with the effects of Hurricane Sandy because it, it's yeah. not something that's just over and done with. You know, there's still people that yeah. coping with a lot of, you know, issues surrounding that. So um, hopefully things were are a little bit better and, and getting back to um, better for them. Just because we don't see it on the news doesn't mean that it's not a factor. <laughs> exactly. Oh, for, for real. And there's a lot of people who, you know, that you didn't see on the news, and, I mean, their areas and neighborhoods look like just bombs Bombs were dropped yeah, on. Yeah, crazy, crazy. Yeah. And it's right here, yeah. And speaking of the news, our guest has been in the news quite a lot lately. Um, yeah. Talking about his new, I guess, project, but it's it's different because it's not just a project, is it, Issa? It's your life. <laughs> correct, correct. Yes, indeed. Yeah. So I'm sure that's very different. You're promoting your story. It's a real story, um, something that you and four other young men um, lived through. So briefly, why don't you share with our listeners who've been living under rocks and may not know who you are, share with them who you Salam is. Okay, not a problem. Um, so back in 1989, I was 15 years old, and uh, some of my, my um, comrades were 14, some of them were 16, and we were all rounded up for, um, we were rounded up and arrested for a crime that we didn't commit. And the whole public, everybody basically uh, was so inundated with everything that was going on, and they were so bombarded, and like the tsunami of information that was coming at them was that we were all guilty of this crime, and the crime was called the Central Park Jogger case. Mm -hmm. And as a result, we went to prison, and we went to prison for a crime that we didn't commit. And I spent personally seven years in prison and uh, three years on parole. And, Mm -hmm. you know, what that amounted to was that we also had to register for the Megan's Law. So we we were considered level level three sexual offenders, and that meant that we were called sexual predators. And so, essentially, they had changed the laws um, right after we had uh, started registering for the Megan's Law and said that if you're a level three sex offender, you're going to have to register for the rest of your lives. So, essentially, that there was us being given a life sentence for a crime that we didn't commit. You know, I'm looking in the mirror now today, and I'm like, wow, I have gray hairs in my hair and gray hairs in my beard. I mean, I'm only 38 years old, but... You can imagine the stressful and the stress toll was like this. You know, I mean, um, I invited a comrade of mine who was also involved in this case, Corey Wise, to join us um, when he can. And, I mean, Mm -hmm. he's 40 years old now. Yeah. We were all all babies. And, you know, for the most part, we were locked away and they threw away the key. And And they basically wanted society to also throw away the key on us and turn their backs on us. And, you know, it's funny because in watching this film and, and, and engaging with the audience afterwards during some of the Q&A sessions, we get the opportunity to, as, as, as the Central Park Five, we get the opportunity to heal a little bit more. You know, I mean, can you yeah. imagine to be known as Yusuf Salam, Antron McCray, Corey Wise, Raymond Santana, um, or Kevin Richardson, was to be labeled as a, a rapist, to be labeled as an animal, to be labeled as a wolf pack, and that's yeah. some of the nicer terms, you know. Um, yeah. 
it was definitely a bulldog that was placed on our back. And, you know, my, my, our families received death threats daily calling for people to uh, take us out. You know, uh, Donald yeah. Trump back in 1989 took out full-page ads and oh, major newspapers. He's and, just a hot mess. <laughs> oh, yes, indeed. I mean, you know, this, 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 this um, situation was so serious that had this been an earlier part of the century, they would have come to our homes, drug us out of our beds, absolutely. and us from the trees in Central Park. You know, and that, uh, in that time, yeah. Yusef doesn't seem that long ago because, in essence, <clears throat> they're still doing that. Yes, it's indeed. Still being, it's still the same thing. It just looks different. I'm sure it doesn't feel any different to you, but it looks different. So because it looks different, people use that as a safety guard to act like it's not really happening. And, Correct. Correct. You know, this documentary, um, how did it come about? How did you know, how did some did someone come to you guys and say, This is what we want to do, you know, about your story? How did that happen? Well, you know, so the interesting part about this here is we met Sarah Burns some years ago. Didn't really know who she was. Uh, she seemed like she was a very, very um, cool person and a very trustworthy person after we got to know her. And, you know, we we were very reluctant to talk to anybody about the case, you know. Uh, but once we got to know her, I said, wow, you know, she seems pretty cool. You know, she doesn't seem like she's going to, you know, drag us through the mud. Um, oh, let's give her a chance. And so she, she um, interviewed us for her final class project in, in college. And... You know, she 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 ended up keeping with us and wanting to write a, a story, a book, and so she wrote the Central Park Five. Um, then, you know, her dad saw all of her writings and, and and looked at the book and said, "Man, we gotta we gotta do a film about this." <laughs> you know, and it's, it's ironic that you yeah. know you never know who God is going to place in your in your path. You never and know. we didn't know who Ken Burns was, and it became the great Ken Burns. You know, and it was like, wow, here is a person that um, who could who could have imagined a better person to champion the cause to to make a film about our lives, you know, or that that portion of our lives that was the most devastating, and also the fact that here we are after the truth came out 13 years later, we're still fighting the system for some semblance of justice. That's I mean, crazy. we've been fighting this system for almost 10 years in a lawsuit that has just started, you know? And you said, why is that? Is it because someone has not, you know, come to the eight of you guys and said, look, let me help you with this? Or because you would think, you would think, you know, you know, we see public uh, cases all the time, and there's always this, you know, some an attorney that rides in and says, whether it's, for his own selfish reasons or whatever, whatever the reason, they always come up, they always show up, and they're in the court and they're fighting the battle. Why hasn't that happened here? Well, you know, we have legal we have legal defense right now. I mean, we have uh-huh. some, some very, very great lawyers on our side. One of the things that we've been telling the public is that um, the, the, the court of public opinion is very powerful. Very powerful. I mean, you never know who you're talking to when you're doing these Q&As. You never know who's going to see the film um, who might be able to get the ear of somebody who is is higher up. You know, um, we were even thinking about somebody being able to pass this film on to President Barack Obama, Mm -hmm. you know. I mean, Mm -hmm. because the reality of the matter is that when they they covered this case in 1989, everyone knew about it. People were writing my mother from China. 
you know, wow. saying, you know, we support you, we're sorry that this is happening, and, and so forth and so on. In 2002, 2003, when we were exonerated, hardly anyone knew about it. It was something that was spoken about. It was like a 30-minute soundbite or 30-second yeah. soundbite, and it was swept under the rug. And then, we, you know, we filed our lawsuits right away, and um, here it is almost 10 years later. Yeah. City, the city do, does so many things to stall. I mean, they, they even subpoenaed the, the Burns uh, outtakes from the film, you know, I saw that. I mean, it's so crazy. Like, uh, Raymond Santana speaks about this all the time, and this is true for all of us. They've given us all these kind of documents and waivers that we have to sign. And um, part of the documents and waivers that we have to sign um, are regarding things like, you know, have you been, um, have you seen a doctor in the past uh, 25 years? And what's, what, 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 what did you see the doctor about? Were you ever on SSI? Were you ever this? Were, you know, all of these stall tactics that really has no bearing on the case. And, um, you know, it's a wonder that that this type of thing is going on, and it's, it's a wonder that this is being allowed to happen. Right. You know, I right. mean, my mother, my mother is fighting, and she's cancer-free today, mm-hmm. but she was fighting stage four cancer. Mm. You see, so she always has said to me, she said she thinks, that the one of the tactics that the city is using is that we're going to give up hope, give up our fighting chance, and give that over to them and die a slow death. I mean, some of the people that were in, involved in our lawsuits have already expired. Wow. Corey, Corey Wise lost his dad. You know, Raymond Santana lost his mom in this whole process. You know, I lost my great aunt. She was. All of these people were part of our lawsuits. You know, and, and it's the slow tactic, you know, and and you know, unfortunately, it works in so many cases, and that's why they think that it can be just as effective when it comes to you in your case. Exactly, exactly. And in, in but what we process, want to say, I was I was going to say what we want to say to people, you know, when they see this film, you know, we want people to be as outraged, as upset, as angry, as pissed yeah. As everyone has been saying this film was making them so that they can run to the streets and yell with bullhorns or yell from soapboxes, get on the right. phone, call their mayor, call corporate counsel, write letters, talk to anyone and everybody that they need to solve this. They need to put a period at the end of this particular travesty of justice. I mean, uh, Ken Burns says it all the time, and he says it very well. He says, this right here is a clear case of justice delayed. And as we all right. justice delayed is justice denied. Right. Right. In the process of this uh, journey, because this is, you know, life is a journey, but for you it's just been, you know, um, in seeing the documentary come to fruition, um, were you an intricate part of making sure everything was authentic or were they just pulling facts from different, you know, I mean, Information is there about the case. It's been there. Um, what role did you guys play in making sure that the way that it was presented was really authentic in the way that you wanted it to be presented? Did you have you know, any say in the process? I, I think that I think that um, just to be just to be very very um, upfront about this, 
the way that the film was made, in my opinion, was so masterfully done that the Burns almost chose not to make it seem like they were doing a film that were that was completely inauthentic. And what I mean by that is, you know, there was there's a there's a, a concept, and that concept is if you put a clean glass of water in front of a person and you put a dirty glass of water alongside that clean glass, you allow the person to choose which glass they want to drink from. And most certainly choose the clean glass. And so what's being done in this film is that all of the truth and all of the facts about the case are being represented and reintroduced in front of your eyes, the same way that it was done back then. The only difference is now we have more intelligent minds. Now we have eyes that are open and that can see. Now we're very, very critical about what's going on. And many of us who bought into the lie that the Central Park Five were guilty of this crime or that the Central Park Five had any involvement in the crime are being woken up to the reality that, oh, you know, I don't curse, but, you know, <laughs> as they try to do, <laughs> I can't believe that this is this happened, and I can't believe yeah. I thought that this was real, and I believed it. You know, so they're, they're giving the public the same information, and everybody all of a sudden is realizing these guys shouldn't have shouldn't have gotten shouldn't have gotten convicted in the first place. And then it unravels. Like when you wrap your mind around it, it starts to unravel. You're like, wait a minute, why would they still have to sign up as sex offenders if they were let go for not being guilty? You know, like it just kind of unravels, and so much just doesn't make sense. And I, I, I'm hoping that when people meet you all and see this, that um, that whole notion that this is 2012 and this can't happen to you. Oh, it can happen. Oh, oh. It happens every day. I'm talking to folks who were affluent, who had families that were affluent, and when the city um, focuses their eyes and gets their hands on you, your money doesn't need anything. Nothing. They just want to, you know, dog you out just for a photo opportunity, just to say that they're tough on crime. I mean, we see stuff like that happen all day, every day. But the thing about it is that when we see this film, people are going to become even that much more critical when they when they watch things on the news and how things are reported. I mean, there was the speedy method of, to convict us, but there right. was no speedy method to compensate us. I mean, we we're we're like grown men now. Yeah, <laughs> you know what I'm saying. Yeah. I mean, yeah, almost forty or forty or we're you know we're we're reaching that age where it's like, dag. I mean, sure, sure, we never thought that the truth was going to come out, but here it is. We had already, you know, resigned our lives to the fact that I guess uh, we're going to be known as the Central Park Five, and you know, you just have to duck and, and, and dodge and and and, and scrimp and scrape and get by by any means that we can. But the right. reality now is, we shouldn't have to do that. We should have never had to do that. I mean, and most people who speak with me, they're like, you know, had I had I seen you on the street. You know, when I listen to you or when I, when I see you walking down the, the, the aisle to, to take the stage, I'm like, this doesn't look like a criminal. This doesn't look like anything that they told us. You know, and that's, right. that's the same thing with the way that they depicted us in, in, in the drawings, you know, back in 1959. Yeah. They made people think that we were these these um giant beast-like figures. <laughs> I mean, you, you all know. Mm-hmm. Right. But, and, and you know what? <laughs> 
Call us up. We're talking to Youssef Salam right now. He's um, one of the subjects of the uh, wonderful documentary, The Central Park Five, which you all need to go out and check it out. It's, it's um, open uh, in New York City, all over the place, so make sure you check it out. It's going to be going you know, across the country, so whenever it gets to your city, make sure you go out and support it. Um, one of the things that I, I liked about, I, I got a chance to see it last night, actually, at the IFC, and one of the things I liked about it was it, it, it did take you back to that moment, but it, it gave you like an, a bird's eye view of everybody who was in those positions at the time. And you can see, if you if you watch the film, you can see that you guys are not these criminals and so forth that they, you know, try to make you out to be, you know, in the media and so forth. Like, you, you can just tell, like, it, it, it's kids here who are, under this massive pressure that, that they really don't know what's going on and they're really not sure what they're talking about or even saying. So, I mean, there was, like, so much doubt everywhere. And you're supposed to, you know, be without, you know, be beyond reasonable doubt when you are, you know, trying these cases. And there was doubt everywhere. I mean, it was yeah. apparent. It was obvious. So it, it was definitely a situation where it was a setup to, you know, have you guys go down and, and, and put you guys as a scapegoat for, you know, the larger issue, which was crime in New York and, and, and all that kind of stuff. But I mean, we're, that, we are we are modern-day Scottsboro boys. Yeah. So, I mean, this is, like, so unbelievable. Like you said, here it is, 2002. Could it happen again? I mean, people back in, in, in the days when the Scottsboro boys case was going on, they didn't believe that this was going to happen again. But 1989 happened. Yeah. And all of yeah. a sudden, you know, or like you're saying, all of these, all of the truths were out there. I mean, things like, you know, they had the DNA and they kept on putting in the papers, we have DNA, we have DNA. And then all of a sudden when they ran the DNA and when they took our DNA, you know, it was like, uh-oh, the DNA <laughs> don't match. It does. Right. Well, yeah. well let's, let's, let's see if we can figure out how we can uh, continue to stick with this lie and, 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 and see if we could, uh, instead, of, instead of us throwing it to the wall and making it stick, now we got to put some crazy glue on it somehow. Right. It ain't sticking. It's not sticking. Right. You know, so they quickly swept that information under the rug and came out with some other stuff. I mean, when you look at, see, see one of the things that, that folks don't get an opportunity to see is the complete um, false confessions that my my comrades made. And when they, when if they remembered even in even in what they see in the film, but if they remembered what the individuals said back then, every single person's story was completely different. Yeah, you see what I'm saying? I mean, if some if something happened, there would be so many more similarities to the story than what what's being told. Nobody knew what the heck was going on. Nobody even believed, uh, uh, you know, any of this stuff. Even the police officers, you know. There was this one point in time where Raymond said what he said, and, you know, he mentioned this, how the police officer looked a little weird, like, what is he talking about? You know, but so when you're 14, 15, and 16-year-old, you don't really understand that subtleness about what's going right. on. Right, right. You know? Yeah. Especially when they're beating you down for over 24 hours of not being able to eat anything, that, you know, have any food, not right. even being able to sleep properly. You know, they're right. using all of those other tactics. I mean... You talk about torture. Who yeah. does something like that? Yeah. Our 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 government. 
<laughs> people have put these folks in power, and these folks made their their cases. They based their lives. They rose up through the ranks on the backs of the Central Park Five. Yeah, right. yeah. It was a platform for them. Yes, indeed. I got two questions for you, Seth. Um, number one. During that time period, you know, when, when things were, like, jumping off then back in 1989 and so forth and, and those two weeks in there, was there anybody legitimately trying to help you guys in any way within, you know, law enforcement or with, within that whole surroundings in there at, at all, like legitimately trying to help you guys? I'm, that, I'm, that, when, you say, when you say legitimately, I have to, I have to assume that I know where you're going and where you're coming from, and what I'm going to say is this. The good cop, bad cop thing that happens, we thought was legitimate. So mm-hmm. if somebody is in there yelling at you, in your face, spitting in your face, hitting you in the ribs, hitting you with a book, poking you in your chest, and then somebody else comes in and says, Oh come on, man! Let, let, let's 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 look at it. Let's try to let's try a different thing. Let me let me pull my comrades off of you. You know, mm-hmm. you're gonna be happy that they're doing that. Mm-hmm. But that's a tactic of good cop, bad cop. Mm-hmm. We not we not wise to the game until we become older. I mean, none of us had any involvement with the police department before. But if you can imagine, people who are seasoned criminals, they know the game. Right. right. So let's sit back and say, come on, stop playing. You know, you good cop, bad right. cop. You know, come on. Uh, where's my lawyer at? Yeah, and you where's know? my food? Yeah. I need a subway sandwich if you food. want me to talk. Stop playing. <laughs> exactly. Right. Don't right. want to say something. Listen, I need some Cardone Blue. I drink a right. lot of wine. You know, all kinds of <laughs> They know? know how to work it. <laughs> exactly. Right, right. Yeah, and it, and it still goes on today. There's nothing yeah. that has changed at all. So people need to realize that. It still happens. Yeah. And you, Seth, did you ever at some point, you know, the why me question comes up. You know, sometimes when we're going through things and it's like, why is this happening to me? Do you feel like you have the answer to that now or are you still asking yourself that question? Or have you Um, ever asked yourself that question? I've I've asked myself that question before. Um, And, you know, through this whole process, I've, I've gained a, a certain level of spiritual growth, you know. So this this was a completely different process for me in terms of a spiritual lesson. But at the same time, you know, I, I don't know if I have the answer for for the why me. Mm-hmm. All I all I do know is, you know, my 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 question of why me would be directed towards the police department. You know, because they're the ones who who convinced the media about this lie, and the media then took the story, and they're they're very masterful at the way they talk and write as well. They took the story and spoke it to the public. You know, I mean, it just so happens that you know great writers like Jim Dwyer is in the film, and he talks about how he wishes that they were more critical back then. Right. Absolutely. Um. What are some things or that that you're you're still adjusting to to this day? I mean, given that you lost a lot of years of your life as a young man, what are some of the things you're still adjusting to, like to this day? I'm 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 actually adjusting to um, life in its entirety. Mm-hmm. 
it's weird it's weird to say that, but I mean, you know, most folks when they're growing up, at some point in time they begin to learn learn things about finance. They go on their first job interviews. They um, maybe drive for the first time. Learn how to ride. Learn how to drive a car. Um, maybe they get into a more serious relationship. You know, um, we don't know what that's like. We came home adults. A, a huge, a huge gap of growth and development happened in prison. You know, so we, right. we came home adults. And we came home unexpected to move and operate in the reality that we didn't know anything about. And, I mean, so by the grace of God, we're able to put one foot in front of the other. But when I tell you it's, it's shaky ground, you know, we're, yeah. we're still figuring this thing out. We still don't have our, 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 our finger completely on the pulse of everything that's happening, you know? I would imagine that's just so surreal, you know. What was what were your thoughts? I mean, I'm sure you remember your thoughts when your, your first thought when they told you that you were going home. I couldn't believe it because you know for the for a long, 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 long time, I didn't believe I was gonna. I was. I didn't believe I was gonna get free. Um, you know when you you know when you're in a when you're in a nightmare, you want to get you want to wake up from that nightmare. You know, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. you know somewhere somewhere in a nightmare, you believe it's a nightmare. You know. But when you wake up and you're still in prison, when you wake up and you're still eating slop, you know, when you wake up and you still got to make sure that you are protecting yourself because people are out there to kill you, you know, you got to bring in uh, uh, extra stuff into the shower room just to make sure that if it goes down, you you might be a little safe, you know? Um, Right. (laughs) Oh, man. Man. And and your mother, who's very active in the community, I mean, you have such an awesome support system. Do you feel like, you know, in knowing and communicating with the other gentlemen that were um, a part of this process, you know, locked up with you and all these things, were you guys, do you feel like everyone's journey was the same at that point or was everyone had their own differences? No, you know, we we all had different journeys. I mean, the journey, the similarity of the journey was that, you know, when you go to prison for a crime like rape, that's the absolute worst crime that right. you can go to prison for. Prisoners have their own method of dealing with that, and they call it prison justice. And so that's where you find people murdered in prison or, you know, you think that that person uh, took their own lives and hung up in the cell, but somebody really hung them up and strung them up in the cell, uh, or they raped that prisoner themselves or something like that. You know, the worst crime on top of that is child molestation. Right. You know? So, but aside from that, I mean, each and every one of us had to do our time by ourselves. There was a point in time where, where Raymond, I mean, where um, where Raymond, Kevin, Antron, um, and myself, we were all in um, Spofford together, you know, and Corey was in Rikers Island by himself, mm. you know, doing doing time and trying to hold it down. I mean, that's an adult facility. He's a Absolutely. Old, you know? Yeah. Um, we got sent upstate, and me and Kevin was in the same prison for a short amount of time. And then they sent us all throughout the state. And so I ended up in the, in Clinton, Danamora, you know? And that place mm-hmm. looked like, 
I mean, I thought I thought that everything that I had experienced up to that time was the was the worst thing that I could ever experience. Right. <laughs> when I got to Clinton, yeah. I didn't even have to step into Clinton to realize that this is this reality is going to trump everything that I have ever experienced in my life. And sure enough, my first experience is there. Somebody got their neck sliced from ear to ear. Mm. Somebody got some type of concoction tossed on them through the cell and uh, set on fire, and they had to be airlifted to the hospital. You know. And this is when you're how old? This is when I turned 21. This wow. is my birthday gift. Still babies. You know, you know what I mean? Still so young. Still yeah, you so look young. at twenty-one year olds today, and you're like, "What?" <laughs> you know, yeah, and they think they know everything. Oh, they think they know everything. They know everything until you until you have to pay rent and pay taxes and right. you know do some real stuff. You know, have problem with hair on it, so to speak. You know, right. then you realize, wow, everything that my parents were telling me was true. Was true. You know, so you said, exactly. "How can people? How can our listeners support?" I know you mentioned some things earlier. How can they a support? your cause, and B, support this documentary? Well, see, um, they can definitely support everything that's going on by coming out and watching this film and then telling their friends about it. And then mm-hmm. we're hoping, we're hoping that it causes the public to, um, we, like a groundswell of support. Yeah. We want people to write the mayor's office. We want people to write corporate counsel. We want people, if they can, to come to uh, the court when when we have our court dates. We have a court date coming up on December 17th, you know, at 500 Pearl Street. Um, I mean, we have so many things going on. We actually plug a lot of these things into our Facebook pages and our Twitter pages, and most of us actually have our own personal Facebook pages and stuff, you know. Um, but I'm actually pulling up some information right now. I mean, okay. one, of the, one of the persons that we can write is, you know, of course, Mayor Michael Bloomberg, you know, right. and that's City Hall, New York, New York, 10007. You know, we could write the corporate counsel, who is uh, Michael Cardoza, 100 Church Street, you know, New York, New York, 10007. We could definitely write uh, our Senator Chuck Schumer. Yeah. Know, U.S. Senator for New York, 783rd Avenue, Suite 2301. And that's New right. York, New York, 10017. And so do, you guys have a, right. a letter, you, do you have a we, letter template or something that people can extract and just sign and send? That's what that's what we're going to be putting on Facebook okay. very, very shortly. Perfect. Be putting that Make on, sure, you know. Seth, that you let us know that because we can put that on the blog. We can blast it on Twitter and on our Facebook pages as well, mine and see truth you know, separate pages. Definitely yeah. keep, let us know when you guys have that done, and we'll definitely send those out, especially for indeed. people that are not – that they don't live here. They don't live, you know, in in New York or in the area, and may have never heard about this, but would be completely outraged. You know, yes, indeed. Yes, we indeed. want them to know that they can rally around this, around you guys in this documentary. Now, how would someone that doesn't live in the area have access to the documentary? How would they be able to put together a screening? Well, you know, it's funny. Um, I'm I'm actually a board member um, for the campaign in the death penalty, which is a nationwide um, organization. And some of my comrades in the campaign wrote me, and, and these are folks down in Texas and all over the place, and they were like, I want to see the film. Where can I see it? You know, um, we're not in Texas yet. We're actually only in New York City right now. Um, we're going to be opening up in L.A. We're going to be opening up actually in various places around the country. 
Um, but due to the demand of what the people want, that's where we're going to be able to get into the other cities. Okay. Know? But we're also going to be on demand. So at some point in the very, very early month of December, mm-hmm. you'll be able to go on demand and actually check up, look up the Central Park Five and be able to see the movie in your own house. Awesome. One of our you know, ch- um, persons in the chat room, Wilma Jones, wants to know, will you guys be doing a screening in D.C.? Oh, I'm sorry, say that again? Uh, one of our friends in the chat room wants to know, Wilma Jones wants to know, will yes. you be doing a screening in D.C.? Is that on the map? I'm I'm sure it is. I'm not exactly sure when. I mean, these okay. major cities, we are definitely going to be reaching out to. Um, people are going to be seeing it, I'm sure, in D.C., in Atlanta, um, everywhere. Everywhere. Okay. This, this this thing, I mean, you know, in 1989, everybody in the whole United States knew about this case. Right. You know, and overwhelmingly, there was a large portion of folks that believed it. They believed that we were guilty. You know, and unfortunately, and this is, this is, this is one of the saddest parts of this particular case. Like, Matthias Reyes, when he came forward 13 years later, um, after he found God and, and, and confessed to this crime, um, he could never be charged with raping the Central Park jogger because of the statute of limitations. Right. So here it is, the Central Park jogger, she was victimized once by being raped, twice by being made to believe for years that they had the proper culprits behind bars. And then the third time, by making her continue to believe that we had some kind of involvement in this when we had no involvement at all. Wow. Um, has she said anything? Has she... Not not that I've been aware of. If, okay. if it has, it's, it's been under my radar. Right. Wow. Well, we certainly thank you for taking the time out. We know that today's a busy day. Don't you guys have a screening a launch today? Yes, yes, we do. Uh, we're actually, this is the opening weekend. <laughs> so okay. we've been going around. We've, we've, we've been theater hopping. Um, we, we're down in Lincoln Square Cinema on Broadway. Okay. Uh, we're down at IFC Center, uh, RFC Cinemas down in uh, on West 4th Street. And we're at the Malaysian Harlem. Um, I'm, I'm, I'm sure the website, uh, somebody told me that you can go to Fandango and actually put in mm. the five yeah. and to see yeah. all of the theaters that it's going to be in and, and, and stuff like that. There's an actual special screening that they're going to be doing at the Malays on Sunday, this Sunday, tomorrow, which is going to mm-hmm. be at 4 p.m. So it's the, it, the Malays is putting it on. But what they've done is on 127th Street at the Dempsey Center, they are renting out the Dempsey Center to show the film in the Dempsey Center because of the demand. Wow. You know, Which and then we're all going to be there. You guys, okay, that was going to be well, my we're, next question. We'll all, all be at the Dempsey Center, yes. Okay. We'll all be at the Dempsey Center, and we'll be doing a nice Q&A afterwards. You know, we just encourage everybody to come out. I mean, once you see this film, I mean, I know folks who've seen this film five times, and it's not the six yeah. or five, you know. This right. Five is the number. Oh, yeah. yeah. It's just like, you know, this film is so compelling that, you know, as anything that's great, when you, when you see something for the first time, you get so much information that you're overwhelmed. When you see it for the second time, you're looking at it with another wide eye. And then yeah. every time you see it afterwards, you become wiser and wiser and wiser. And people are first outraged already when they see it the first time. They can't believe that this happened. I mean, New York City looks like it's changed and in many ways it has. But, you know, like you said, can something like this happen in 2012, 2000? It does. It does happen. Absolutely. Absolutely. When I went to prison, my 
my prison number when I got to the big house, when they sent me up to Clinton down the morrow, um, my prison number was 9581113. And when I tell you I didn't know what that number meant, I just, you know, it's like a barcode to me, you know, and every time, you know, they, they come by your cell and, you know, say on the counter, on the gate, you got to get up and give them your prison number, you know. When I found out what that number meant, now my birthday is in February, February 27th, right? So in February, my birthday hit was to go to the big house. 1995 was the year that I got sent there. A was the first portion of the year. Remember, it was February. Mm-hmm. 1113 meant that I was the 1,113th person to enter the door from January 1st. Wow. And when I realized that, I'm like, oh, man, I'm looking around at other inmates' numbers, and some of these individuals had been in prison for longer than I had been alive. I'm seeing mm. people with 69 number on their on their uh, shirts, 74 on their shirts. I mean, it was totally amazing and, and, and crazy at the same time because also I was also bumping into individuals that were innocent of the crimes that they committed as well. I mean, we see it now with the Innocence Project where all right. of these people are being let out of what is looking like hell yeah. by the soul. You know, they're being let out of hell, and it's because of DNA. There was this, there was this uh, recent case that I posted on Facebook, um, which said um, there was a man who just came home from prison for doing 30 years for a crime that he didn't commit. I mean, can you imagine? This guy had a That's a lifetime. Right That's, That's a, a lifetime. lifetime. And you don't get that back either. That's it's a lifetime. Easy. I mean, that's wow. why even with, the, even with the civil case that we have going on, the lawsuits that we have, there's no amount of money that can give back time. Right. There's no amount of, I mean, money makes things a little bit easier, but there's mm-hmm. absolutely no money, nothing that they can do other than reverse time to give us back time. Right. You know. It's so valuable, and people really underestimate that. It's so valuable. It's so valuable. Well, we won't keep you all day, Yusuf, because we know you have to get prim and proper for the uh, launch this weekend. But, <laughs> I mean, today. <laughs> yeah, I want to thank I'm you. I'm on my way downtown in a little while. Okay. I just I want to thank you so much for taking the time out to reach out to us and call into the show and share your story. Um, and anytime you guys are doing anything that you want to share, please feel free to give us a call or shoot me an email. We'll put it on the blog when you get the letter done. We'll put it on the blog. See, Truth and I are somewhat revolutionary, so we got your back. So anything we can do to support, <laughs> yeah, please I, let I, us I know. That. I don't I think it's that. a somewhat either. It's a definite revolutionary. No, no, we are. We are. We're rebels. But we definitely <laughs> stand for justice. I mean, this is just. This is just, and I haven't seen the documentary in its entirety, but I don't have to. Like, yeah, I'm, going to, I'm going to. I'm going to. But I'm just saying, for me, for to. Piece. Evoke anger in me. I don't, you know, I I get it. Like it's horrible, and I think that, you know, we will do whatever we can to help you promote this documentary and to make sure that people see it. Yes, absolutely. And I want to invite you to my other show that I have as well. You know, I'll, I'll get yeah. some information from you behind the scenes, and we'll make that happen. Definitely, sure, definitely, definitely. But thank you so much. And if there's anything you want to say before you go to the folks that are listening, man, just come out. Tell your friends about this film. I mean, if you look all over the place, the news is making a big, big um, yeah. publication about this. Everybody in the magazines are, are talking about this. You know, somebody told me that if you listen carefully on the trains, people are talking about this. Right. You know, 
this is the film to see. And this is not no made-up story, although when you see it, you're going to think, think that it was, uh, you know, false or a concocted type of thing. But the yeah. fact that it's reality, the fact that it happened to, you know, some of the precious um, com, uh, pieces, some of the precious jewels of New York City, you know, the youth, you know. I mean, you can imagine, like, everybody wants the youth to be able to be shining and, and, and to be future presidents and future doctors and lawyers. Um, we don't want to just snatch people away from, from those opportunities. And this is exactly what happened. You know, so definitely come out and see the film. Um, look us up on Facebook. We have an official Facebook page, The Central Park Five. Uh, we have an and official Twitter page. And can you Twitter give your page. Twitter page? Yes, yeah, The Central Park Five as well. My Twitter page, that's my personal Twitter page. Um, I believe my um, my Twitter name is my first and last name, Yusef Salam. Um, so that's Y-U-S-E-F, S-A-L-A-A-M. My Facebook page is the same thing, but it's just a space between the first and the last name. Um, so, yeah, look us up. I mean, everybody, every each one of the uh, four out of the five are on Facebook and Twitter. Okay. Okay, we will definitely do that. Thanks again, Yusef. Thank you so much. Thank Enjoy you. the rest of your day and have a very successful and enlightening screening this evening. I appreciate that. Thank you. Absolutely, brother. Bye now. It's Indie Review. Um, great conversation right there with Yusef Talon, one of the Central Park Five, who has done a great, great injustice, and they still continue to fight to this day. They need that support. So, while Absolutely. I've seen it. It's a really, really good piece. And it's something, if you've lived through that time, if you were around in New York City during that time, like, it resonates with you even more so than mm-hmm. someone looking from the outside because it, it's a lot of things that you've seen. You was you like, oh, I remember that. I, you know, right. and it, it just all comes together and it makes it that much more vivid. But in general, even if you haven't, if you wasn't there, like if you just see the story and what's going on, you're like, how in the world could, you know, this have gone down? Like for real. It's, and, it, and, it, you know, it's, it's heartbreaking. It's heartbreaking. And, to meet Yusef, you would yeah. never know. He's so grounded, and just you know his disposition is just like he's not an angry, spirited person. You know, he can definitely speak for himself and sin for himself, and but he's so grounded. He's very centered, and it's just right. you know when I, I when I met him, I didn't know, and then when someone told me, I was like him. You know what I mean? Like you just right. have a different expectation. You feel like you'll feel a different type of energy. Such a good guy, and um, right. and I really hope and I pray that, you know, he gets his why. Because a lot of times we go through these things and we don't know the answer. We don't know why. You know, why me? And then, then you realize that your journey is really a lifesaver for someone else, or you're teaching them something. They're learning something through your process. And a lot of times, you know, that's the reason. You know, I Years later, here comes the book. Year, you know, after that, here comes the documentary. And now they're touching the lives of millions of people. They will be touching the lives of millions of people because this documentary is very powerful, and people will see it. And it's, and and someone will learn something every time they see it. So they're going to learn something from him and all five of them every time they see it. And one of the things when when you see it is, and you see them back then, like, 
a lot of who they are and their personality that you're seeing today are exactly how they were back then too, when yeah. they were being questioned and when they were going. Like you could you you see them like you see it like right there like and as as you talk about Yusef, he was moving like that when he was fifteen. Yeah, he was the same way. Yeah, and it's you know his family's very, like again there he's a good he was a good boy, he was a good kid. You know I don't know that I'm not professing anyone being an angel, <laughs> but I'm just saying like you know how. Kids move around. Some of them you can see they got some stuff with them. You see them coming a mile away. You're like that one's trouble. You know what I mean? <laughs> but right. they weren't those type of guys. No, but, I can't um, wait to see it. I, I'm really looking forward to to seeing it. The trailer alone was just like whoa. So I'm really looking forward to seeing it. Yeah, definitely. It's indie review. Call us six four six four seven eight five one two three. Tweet us indie review. That's R E V U E. Or email us indie review CD at gmail dot com. Got about twenty five minutes left in the program. We're gonna do a two and a two and uh, come back, take some calls, uh, take some emails and some stuff and some more feedback uh, from all of you out there checking us out. We're gonna do some black gold right now. Esperanza Spalding and Algebra. Hold your head as high as you can, high enough to see who you are, little man. Life sometimes is cold and cruel, maybe no one else will tell you, so remember that you are black gold, black gold. You are black gold. Now maybe no one else has Right there, Esperanza Spalding, Algebra, cutting it a little bit short because um, we have another guest that's uh, joining us right now on the program. Uh, another one of the brothers that are the subject of the, the great film, great documentary. If you haven't seen it, definitely go out there and support it. Okay, Spark 5. 
joining us right now, uh, Mr. Corey Wise. Hi, Corey. Hello. Good afternoon. How are you? I'm all right. I'm okay. Hanging in there. Okay, okay. So we just had a conversation with you, Seth. Did you have a chance to listen to that, or were you running around a little bit? I was running around a little bit. Okay. <laughs> well, some of the I things we talked to him Yeah. Some of the things we talked to him about was how we can support your guys' movement and how we can support the documentary. Okay. Um, and and you know, what's your take on that? What are some of the things that um, have come out of this documentary for for you? I'm just uh, overall, I'm just I'm just thankful that uh, I was there at Rikers, and uh, and and unfortunately I came across Destiny, and uh, and 13 years later Destiny made his business. To to speak on it to me and yeah. uh, after and afterwards uh, I'm just thankful afterwards uh, Miss Sarah Burns she gave me a recall yeah she gave me a recall on it right now did you read her book when it first came out or did you uh, did you did you read her book when it first came out no no okay uh-uh. and so what was your first thought when you when you found out they wanted to do a documentary on your on what happened to you i i i felt great about it i felt great yeah. about it because uh, it just uh it put it, it you know God to the angel to put our voice back out here yeah because uh it wasn't out here uh back in two thousand two and uh and all the time it wasn't out here period back in you know for, for 2002, mm-hmm. and uh, you know, it, and for it, and for it to do it now, you know, although uh, I was although I was given peace a peace of mind, but it gave you know it, it with the with the film it gave it gave me closure. Right, and that's it amazing. Gave, yeah, that's amazing. And does the film represent everything that you feel? Is it a clear depiction of how you guys feel about about the circumstances? Yeah. Me, yeah. Me, me, yeah. Me, me personally, yes. Yes. That's that's it, awesome. Yes, it does. It has to be, and it has to feel good to know that people can now hear your story. Do you feel yeah. vindicated? At, I mean, I know you guys are still in the courts to fight some other things, but do you feel some small victories? Yeah. Oh, from the from the courts? No, 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 outside of the court. I know you guys are still fighting in court. Okay. <laughs> but just in life, you know, just the fact that you know you've been exonerated, your name, and, and that you can go, well, you know, you're free. <laughs> to, to to an extent, the exoneration, cool, but more so with the with this with this documentary, yes. Yeah. Because it, it it puts it puts us back out in out in public now, you know it it yeah. it, it puts us on the big screen now. It, it puts us on the big screen to public now. Yeah. Are it you on any social media, Corey? Huh? Are you on Facebook or Twitter? I'm on I, I I'm on Facebook, but I'm on Facebook. But I really don't I really don't play with it like that. But I'm on Facebook. I do have uh, a few of my I do have a, a few of my friends. Who will, okay. who, who will act as uh, a secretary for me? 
Okay. No problem. I be, out, I be out and about. I, I just be out and about a lot and, and talking to my little babies out here and just dealing yeah. with them. Yeah, that's awesome. Well, we want to thank you for calling. We're actually about to wrap the show. But okay. we know um, you guys have some screenings coming up, and there's a couple that you will actually be at answering questions afterwards, right? Right. Which ones are those? If you could just share those with us one more time. Uh, I, uh, uh, right now was uh, it'll be about sometime this evening with uh, with Mr. Ken Burns. Okay. So okay. it'll be about six o'clock this evening with uh, Yusuf and I and uh, Mr. Ken Burns and uh, and I think that one is somewhere somewhere downtown. Right. I think uh, Yusuf gave us that information earlier. So that's you guys are going to be doing the late one. You'll be doing yeah. a Q&A at the late one. Okay, awesome, awesome. Well, Corey, yeah. you're a friend of the show now, so you can call us anytime. If you thank have you any very, new information you and you want to share anything, we would, we definitely support you guys, so feel free to give us a buzz anytime. Thank you very much. Thank you. Enjoy the rest of your day. All right, you too. Yes, indeed. In the review, um, call us up, 646-478-5123. Uh, about 18 minutes left in the program or so. Uh, we're going to get in a couple more tunes before we uh, wrap everything up. Uh, we just today, want to give uh, a shout-out to our friends in the chat room. Yes, and they're chatting Sun it up. Sun who hasn't been around in a while. We haven't seen him in a while. Yeah, but yeah, our, yeah. Our Wilma is there, and our Lady Ginger is there, and our guest, we don't see your name, but we welcome you all the same. So thank Absolutely. you guys uh, for tuning in every week and supporting the show. We really, really appreciate you. <laughs> definitely, definitely. So um, we're going to do a tune, maybe two, and then come back with uh, the wrap-up. All right, we're going to do some Lady Daisy right now. It's big time here on Indie Review.
keep on, gotta keep on, keep on, keep on living. Gotta keep on, gotta keep on, keep on, keep on giving. Gotta keep on, gotta keep on, keep on, keep on moving. Gotta keep on, gotta keep on.
the relativity right there from Paul Jean and the Mobius Collective right here on Indie Review. It's about that time when we come to the wrap-up. We've been having a spirited conversation in the chat room with Suntoucha, Intellectual Lady Ginger, Guest 2560, Wilma Jones, about pumpkin pie or uh, I'm surprised pie. that pumpkin pie would win because everywhere you go, oh, folks are like, oh, I don't like sweet potato. Honestly, I can't taste the difference. I know that it's orange and it's sweet and I'm eating it. <laughs> it has a crust, I'm, I'm eating it. I, I like them both, but if I got to pick, between the two, I'm going to pick sweet potato pie, but I like the most. To right, me, and, and that's true because Lady Ginger said side by side, people, you know, taste it. So, yeah, interesting. Well, which brings us to our daily slice. Yeah. Right? Which Don't is just a small her. sliver of the pumpkin pie of life, a very <laughs> small sliver. But today's, um, and this, I've been saying this to myself all day, so I'm going to share it with you guys. This is my affirmation of the day. And it is my daily slice. Honor the physical temple that houses you by eating healthfully, exercising, listening to your body's needs, and treating it with dignity and love. I so need to hear that because all of the leftovers in the fridge are calling my name. And as I mentioned earlier, I did get an Instagram text message from the uh, elliptical machine. I will be going to visit her later this afternoon. So we, we're going to honor our temples. That's what we have to tell ourselves. Honor, Rusa, honor. Put the pie down, anime. Put the cake down. <laughs> but but you just said listen to yourself. So it's I know. You the cake and the pie. <laughs> well, I have to honor my temple. And uh, like I said, I'm starting a cleanse on Monday, so i got to get my mind right. So I, I'm going to continue <laughs> to say that to myself for the rest of the day. Okay. <laughs> That's the story. You're sticking with it. That's it. <laughs> That's it. <laughs> and, of course, we're sending you guys lots of love and light, as always. And I hope that you had a very enjoyable holiday um, and that you can get back on track. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. And I am backing away from the pie, Sun Toucher, just so you know. <laughs> I'm backing away. Plus, there's only one slice left, so I'm just going to eat it and get it over with. Uh, you might as well. I mean, come you on know, now. I know. And then I go back to juicing this afternoon. So <laughs> Oh, yeah, you're good. You ain't got nothing to worry about. Come on. Oh, my goodness. You guys, thank you so much for tuning in today. We really, really appreciate you, and we hope that um, that you continue to join us here every Saturday from 12 to 1.30. Meet us in the chat room. Call us up. Join us uh, on the blog, com. And if you have any great stuff that you want to share, shoot us an email at IndieReviewCD at gmail.com. We really, 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 really appreciate you, and we want you to never forget that. So you are our intellectuals. And um, and please share the show whenever you get a chance. But let folks know that they can come back to the blog and listen to any show at any time. Spread it around. Spread the love. Spread the love. Absolutely. All right, folks, we'll see you back here next week. Take care. Have a safe one. Peace.
If you own a vehicle with less than 200,000 miles and have an auto warranty about to expire or no warranty coverage at all, listen up. CarShield has a low-cost, month-to-month vehicle protection plan that covers more parts than ever. Visit carshield.com slash audio to find out how you could pay almost nothing for covered auto repairs. Drivers who activate this vehicle protection today will also receive free roadside assistance, free towing, and car rental options at no additional cost. Get your free quote today at carshield.com slash audio. That's carshield.com slash audio.